Good morning. morning. It is just so wonderful to be here this morning um, with so many familiar faces and my friends and family. Uh, It's truly a a gift to have been asked to come talk this morning, so thank you. For those who did not recognize the music or artists playing during the service prelude, that was none other than the Red Hot Chili Peppers and their 1991 hit, Under the Bridge. Growing up in Los Angeles, also their hometown, I started listening to the Peppers when I was 12. They've been putting lyrics and music to my thoughts and feelings ever since. Under the Bridge begins. Sometimes I feel like I don't have a partner. Sometimes I feel like my only friend is the city I live in, I knew it would come, I just didn't know when. The city of angels, lonely as I am, together we cry. I drive on her streets because she's my companion. I walk through her hills because she knows who I am. She sees my good deeds and she kisses me windy. I never worry. Now that is a lie. Uh, The meditative reading this morning probably summed up my entire talk in three sentences. This is going to be three pages. To me, this is what geography in the sacred sense is all about. When Barbara asked me to speak about the spiritual dimension of my 250-mile journey down Bayou Pierre and the Red River, I realized that the seeds for this project had been germinating for quite some time. For those who don't know, I'm 150 miles from reaching the Gulf of Mexico, having departed from the Ockley Bridge in South Highlands by canoe this past spring. Slides from the first two legs can be viewed in the social hall following the service. The stated goal of this project, called Bayou to Bay, is to reconnect people to their local waterways for the benefit of both. Through experiential education, students in Northwest Louisiana will learn to care about what it means to be downstream one watershed at a time. Bayou to Bay is rooted in my studies as a geography major at the University of Minnesota Duluth. The following is from my senior paper titled, How Geography Can Save Planet Earth. I became a geography student through trial and error. I started in environmental education but became bogged down in the sciences. I then decided to make myself a scientist while working closer with my passion the earth, minus the people, plants, and animals. I studied geology for two years. I loved learning about rocks and the processes involved in their formation, but I struggled with retaining it all. And because it is harder to appreciate something you are failing, I began to look for the path of lesser resistance. That is when I found geography. Although at the time I feared as though I might be settling, I now realize why things happened the way that they did. It is the interaction between rocks, waters, people, plants, and animals that fascinates me. How else can I plan to save the world if I don't consider everything that exists on it? And most importantly, their relationship to one another. This question, besides proving complicated, placed me solidly in the field of humanistic geography, which focuses on people and their condition. It also makes relationships paramount. And if you believe, as I do, that relationships make life sacred, then I'd ask you to consider that nothing informs all of our senses as that does 
of a particular place. Subsequently, it is the experience of discovering and getting to intimately know a place that can lead us to feelings of security, connectedness, belonging, and self-awareness. After five days of being alone on Bayou Pierre, she became my companion. I felt deeply at ease every time I pushed off from a new campsite into the familiar water. You might say that I felt at home. Used here as an adjective, home describes a feeling and somewhere that transcends the actual physical place. This phenomenon was most recently made real to me by a second trip to Los Angeles in as many years. I left my hometown at an age when I really only identified with a small part of it, namely the world I had known and explored as a child. Our rose bushes, which were my personal briar patch, the orange tree that I used to climb in our backyard and the mulberry tree down the street, the sidewalks and other friends' yards, and the forbidden alleyways. This was my urban wilderness and adventure. That said, I lacked a sense of place that included pretty much the other 99.9% of the city. I couldn't tell you the name of the mountains my school was built into or the ones that formed the eastern boundary of the San Fernando Valley where I lived. And most striking to me, and perhaps the one that most informs this current project, I didn't know that the wash located less than a half mile from my house was actually the Los Angeles River. I only remember it as the ugly and dangerous concrete channel that flooded periodically, sweeping everything to that mythical land called away. Indeed, the river is the reason for the city being there. So now, after having walked the mountain and river trails, observed flora and fauna, swam in the ocean, studied the history, and embraced a bit of the culture, for the first time in my life, I'd like a California bear t-shirt. Why? Because I'm in love and I feel proud. And I'd like to do things to make it better. This is what I want for students living in Northwest Louisiana. This is my reason for teaching what I teach at the Montessori School for Shreveport. and for starting Bayou to Bay. Mm. <clears throat> Four years ago, I took a group of middle school students down Bayou Pierre. We also put in at the Ockley Bridge because I knew that the majority of these students had a relationship to the Bayou similar to the one I had had to the LA River. They saw it every day without really seeing it. One of my favorite memories from that week of paddling different stretches of the bayou was when we were on a particularly beautiful stretch that flows through a wildlife management area about 20 nautical miles downstream from this church. The students who were also my paddling who was also my paddling partner asked in wonderment, "Mr. Yan, are we in Bozier?" <laughs> As if in some remote, exotic land. When I got back from that trip, there was a note in my school box to contact the director of the Department of Operational Services for Shreveport. I did and was asked to come downtown for a meeting. At that meeting, I agreed to never take a group of students down the bayou within the city limits again. 
There had been a severe thunderstorm ten minutes after we were on the water that very first day. We made it as far as the Southfield Bridge and had to take out underneath for shelter. From there, we witnessed a flash flood while waiting for our shuttle vehicle to pick us up. The city had received a call about kids and canoes being in the ditch that day. A few weeks later, at the graduation ceremony for eighth graders held right here in this sanctuary, a student stated that among his most memorable experience at Montessori since beginning as a toddler was his trip down the bayou, something he had driven over every day for 12 years on his way to school. Ironically, I also later learned that it had been his parents who had called the city. (laughs) I can only imagine what they were thinking during his speech. When you combine geography with experiential education and service learning, you get place-based education. Coined in the early 1990s, place-based education promotes learning that is rooted in what is local, the unique heritage, culture, and landscapes of a particular place. It immerses students in local opportunities and experiences that can become the springboard for studying regional, national, and global issues while empowering students to make positive changes in their own communities. Teaching place-based education is perhaps more challenging and more needed than ever before. More challenging because we live in an increasingly homogenized society, sometimes called Anywhere USA, and more necessary because fewer children are growing up feeling connected to where they live than ever before. I am struck on a spiritual level by the tremendous healing potential that exists here. Here we have two mistakenly separate entities, ourselves and the environment, that appear to desperately need each other right now. Imagine if in the process of exploring and making discoveries, students not only found their sense of place, but also began to notice the resilience, patience, and presence portrayed by the natural world around them. Imagine if they began to recognize that in themselves, too. Or maybe they'd first identify with landscapes that look discarded and needing attention. Either way, they'd feel something in common. They'd have a companion. They'd, feel, they'd still sometimes feel lonely, but also never totally alone. And then imagine if they were given the chance to make it better. One more quick story and final note. My son Mackenzie and I were walking along the L.A. River this past trip when we spotted a great blue heron. We stopped to watch and take pictures. Mackenzie must have noticed that the heron was fishing in this impossibly shallow, concreted channel because he asked me if there were any fish in the river. It was hard to believe that I had never thought about it before. I'm not sure, I said. Two seconds later, the heron took off and flew another 50 yards downstream, where it immediately stabbed the water and lifted up what looked to be a four to five inch brim in its beak before swallowing it whole. We were astonished. 
And we were also now quite sure. (laughs) Finally, as a kid, I loved the Linda Ronstadt version of the song, Blue By You. It was not, however, until I heard it again last year that I realized she was not singing about a familiar sunrise on a bay, because I now know what a bayou is. And I can appreciate the song even more now.